Holy Gospel according to John, the 12th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew, and then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor. Now my soul is troubled, and what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it is for this reason that I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing there heard it and said that it was thunder. Others said an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, the voice has come for your sake, not mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And when I am lifted up from the earth, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Yesterday was the first day of spring, and while I saw crocus and daffodils and pear trees blooming, the wind was piercing, reminding me that we are still many weeks away from the last threat of frost or a hard freeze. We are living in this in-between time of already but not yet. We're experiencing this in-between time as the pandemic continues as well. Percentages of positive cases are falling and slowly vaccination rates are rising. We have come through more than a year of precautions to keep each other safe. But risk remains already, but not yet. Today's gospel is set in another in-between time. In this chapter of the fourth gospel, we hear the last words that Jesus speaks during his public ministry, a discourse that could be read as an interpretation of the final sign in this gospel, Jesus' crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension promising the ruler of this world will be driven out. He speaks of Satan's loss of authority over the world, even as the religious authorities were plotting 
to arrest him and kill him. Jesus isn't wearing rose-colored glasses, and he isn't being a Pollyanna. He recognizes the evil in the world, but has unshakable confidence that God will be victorious over it. And then Jesus makes his third reference to his being lifted up. We first heard that phrase last week in John 3.14, where it said that Jesus is the source of salvation to all. It appears a second time in 8.28, when Jesus first speaks to the disciples about his death. And now he is telling everyone who is listening to him what is about to happen. And he is promising that when he is lifted up from the earth, he will draw all people to himself. Remember that in John's gospel, being lifted up is not only about the crucifixion, but also the ascension, creating a way to the Father through Jesus. Death is all too familiar. Whether that death is the physical death of someone you love, the death of a long-held belief, the death of a trusted relationship, or the death of a cherished dream. What is unfamiliar and what challenges us is to imagine that there is something beyond death. God's power to transform death into new life and make a way where there has been no way makes the crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension exceptional. This power is the wonder that we experience when we see new blooms opening above frosty flower beds, or the exhilaration we feel when a loved one has been vaccinated against the coronavirus. It is the realization that God continues again and again to do something new in the face of long odds and difficulties. New Testament scholar Father Raymond Brown writes, the victorious hour of Jesus constitutes a victory over Satan in principle. Yet the working out of this victory in time and place is the gradual work of believing Christians. It is the work of believing Christians. We are in this in-between time of already but not yet. As we live in the world as it is and long for a world where God is glorified. The dilemma we face is that we are simul justus et peccator, both saint and sinner. If achieving the glory of God is our responsibility alone, we will fail. If driving Satan, the prince or ruler of the world, out 
and resisting and condemning all evil is our task alone, the future is grim. Like Peter, we passionately swear our commitment to Jesus as Lord, but within hours we deny him. We have to echo St. Paul as he named in Romans 7, I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. But the good news in today's gospel is that it isn't our work alone. Remember, God gets all the verbs. Jesus draws himself, draws us to himself, draws all of us to himself. That doesn't give Christians a free pass to do nothing. Instead, it's a promise that we are empowered to do God's work in the world. As the author of 1 John wrote, whatever is born of God conquers the world. And this is the victory that conquers the world, our faith. Who is it that conquers the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? In faith and by the power of God's Holy Spirit, we are given the authority to create this life-giving world where evil is resisted and defeated and where God is glorified. Course, as quickly as we recognize the gift and authority that God has given, we also ask, how can this be? How can we make this happen? So let's return to the parable that Jesus began with. There, we are permitted and even instructed to let things die so that new life may come and new fruit may be born. We cannot cling too greedily or clutch too tightly to what is already ours. We have to hold things loosely with open hands and even be willing to give them up, to let things die and be buried so there is space to let new things grow. Honestly, this isn't easy. Even for congregations and churches and churchgoers, even when we know God promises there is life after death. But especially as we approach Holy Week and Easter, as spring advances, and the pandemic's shadow grows smaller, let's remember that death never gets the last word. And think of what may need to die and imagine what new life or fruit may be possible in our lives and ministries. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, thank you for your Son, Jesus, the source of salvation for all, and for the abundant life you promise to all who know him. 
Forgive us when we hold things too tightly and forget to trust you. Help us believe that you will make something new when all we see is death. We pray in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen.